right, everyone. How you doing? I'm Sergio from the Dodgeball Podcast, and here with me I have... Hey, hey, I'm E, and I'm the tournament director for the Squid Seattle Queer International Dodgeball Open. For sure. Um, this is the second time uh, I've had E, well, technically E's third time on the podcast, but the second time we're actually going to recap the event from last year. And before we get into it, let's talk about some of the differences from this year to last year. Uh, I noticed that you pushed it um, further into the calendar year this year from it being in like, I believe last year was in August. Yeah. And this year was into into September. Um, End of September. Yeah. So I think that concept is here to stay. Uh, Already looking at booking the last uh, weekend of September for next year. Um, It works out for several different reasons. Mostly it's a cheaper time to fly. It's a cheaper Mm -hmm. time to travel. Um, there's not much going on in a dodgeball sense during that period. So it's kind of like a, a, a good middle placer for a, a big dodgeball tournament and everything logistically works out well. The venue that we use this year, last year we were at uh, Bellevue Community College. You know, once school starts, they got sports running through their facilities all the time. Uh, the place we had it this year was called the Academy Sports Center, and it's actually a dedicated volleyball training facility. Mm-hmm. And since schools are in volleyball train, like their volleyball programs are currently running, there's no heavy use of that space right now. So it kind of works out for us to kind of utilize that space. So, uh, yeah, we pushed it out from August to end of September, and I think that's kind of here to stay. Um as venues themselves are very just just hard to come by in terms of this event capacity and size and stuff. So I think logistically the push um, just made it easier for people to, you know, be able to afford to travel here instead of mid summer flights for $600, you were able to get a round trip flight for like $200. So, you know, there, there's different, yeah, there's a lot of elements that made the end of September just work. Um, and we ended up lucking out. So all the days leading up to Friday, it was downpouring here in Seattle. Not the traditional drizzle that everybody talks about. It was literally a downpour <laughs> for like the five days leading up. And then the sun just came out for Friday, Saturday and Sunday. And the weather was just perfect. So, uh, yeah, that was one of the big changes. Um, of course, the venue changed. Um, and then just, uh, you know, some of the rules changed. Um, our divisions changed. We had quite a bit of changes, but all all with the idea of just making the tournament grow and bigger than it was last year and kind of just leaning into a lot of the things that I've learned over the last year about the dodgeball community and, you know, the needs and wants and what kind of that kind of looks like in a competitive setting. Nice. So you it, it sounds like you knocked out a bunch of wins right off the bat. So obviously people saving money on flights by pushing it further into the calendar year. Uh, as far as I know, and you're right, there's not that many tournaments that, if any tournaments that happen during the end of September, whether it be in Canada or here. Um, but there's something I gotta, I kind of have to call out. I don't know if I've ever seen the sun in Seattle, but that's a minor, minor detail. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually a very important detail. So actually that was a big consideration because (laughs) One of the big things about last year's squid was it was midsummer. And one of the, like, I sent out a survey feedback last year as for feedback last year as well. And one of the big comments that everybody really raved about was we had planned like a meetup at like a bar club for like 10 p.m. last year or 11 p.m. last year where 
uh, our participants were able to go, you know, for free as participants, you know, everybody got a wristband. But prior to that, everyone congregated at our local Cal Anderson Park, which is like right in the heart of the city. And, you know, it's a great place for people watching. It's a big open grass field. Uh, you oftentimes just, you know, although I don't think it's it's legal, you're allowed to, you know, a lot of people are having, you know, trulies there in the park and stuff. So like, it's a, it's a kickback area and a lot of people do it. And, and I don't think ever any, I've ever seen anybody harassed, but a lot of people do it. Like it's a thing to do. People go picnic there. So last year before that whole club event, the weather was perfect. It was a nice summer day and everybody kind of just ended up at that park. And there's a lot of photos of people at the park and kind of hanging out and meeting new people and just sitting around and just mingling and people really love that mingling aspect of it and and I know a lot of people were like if you could just keep that as an element so when I was anticipating the switch to the end of September I'm like okay well normally in Seattle our summer runs our official summer starts the day of 4th of July and then goes through maybe mid-September to the end of September so it's always a gamble towards the end of September Hmm. Um, so when I switched it, I knew that there was a gamble on like the weather not being that great, uh, and that we would lose that element of sort of the inner city mingling inside of the center, you know, city center. Um, but this year in regards to that, I think the shift also was that, you know, we were for the venue was a slightly little further away, but we had planned a different sort of gathering on our Saturday night that kind of lent itself to both dinner and drinks at the same time so that you can kill two birds with one stone instead of just a club event, um, which was equally successful this year as well. So um, I'm curious to see more on the feedback on, um, I've seen a bit of feedback already, but I'm curious to see more about what people think about that because I know people love the Saturday night event, but a lot of people wanted a post Saturday night event <laughs> where they <laughs> they wanted to go dancing and clubbing, and we have very limited like options here in Seattle, uh, so we may have to think about that one for next year. But I know a lot more people were ready to continue going till two o'clock in the morning. Uh, we just did not anticipate for that. So, but um, you know, they did get a good social out of it. Well, I would imagine if you, this year you're pushing more on the social side of things and people wanted to do more of the social side of things and go out drinking and clubbing, the, the, the demand was there. So in that, in that end, the mission was accomplished. You just have to figure out how to maybe do it a little bit better next year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I definitely think that's one of the things on my list of sort of, I'm already creating my 2024 list. There's already a list going for what did I do? You know, what, like the, the feedback that I'm getting both personally and through the survey I sent out and just the things that I was like mentally making notes of, I was like, oh, I would do this better next year or consider that next year. And I do think that's something that I, I definitely want to kind of scope out for people because uh, I know people also enjoyed it last year. They enjoyed going to the club event last year and, and had a good time. But this year, there was an even higher capacity and even more people that wanted to go do that. But we just didn't necessarily have a dedicated space to send people to for that. Mm. So, um, you know, given that we kind of ramped up the way we partnered with our local queer bars and, and places where we sent people, I think there'll be more opportunity to partner with those um, um, businesses to sort of make this happen next year for them in order of finding, you know, finding them a good dancing slash music space to go to till two o'clock in the morning if they want to. 
I mean, that, that's the ultimate goal. Everyone knows if you go to a dodgeball tournament, like one of the biggest things that some people look forward to is the after party. So, uh, but <laughs> safe to assume you're already planning ahead for that. Um, I, there's, I <laughs> there's something uh, that I, I wanted to bring up. You almost doubled as far as uh, teams from last year. You have 23 teams this year. How did that feel when you realized by the end of the registration deadline, you counted all the teams, you, you know, I figured you counted all the teams, you figured out the venue. How did it feel even before stepping foot on the court, setting up and everything that uh, it's event kind of just blew up, you know, it, it really did. It really did blow up in, and in the best way possible. So we, we more than doubled the a number of teams and we more than tripled the number of participants of last year. So it, it grew a lot, <laughs> it grew a lot from year to year. And, you know, I knew the registration numbers at the very beginning of September, for the most part, there were still a few stragglers through September because uh, some people are always just late and that's just how they do. Um, but I definitely was a, an extending grace kind of person in terms of registration deadline, uh, mostly because it wasn't a lot of lifting and shifting to kind of get them where they needed to be. But um, I imagine that becomes much more difficult as it gets bigger and sort of you're dealing with a lot more incapacity uh, of people. But um you know, coming into this year with the numbers, knowing what was kind of coming in terms of like number of people and knowing how much it had grown and this expectation that I feel like people were building up, uh, there was pressure. There was pressure. People were asking me days before, like, how are you feeling? Um, what, what are you thinking? And I said, well, you know, I'm still working and I'm still, uh, you know, dotting my T's and, or dotting my I's and crossing my T's and I'm still doing all these things. And I'm, I'm, I'm at the point where I'm slightly, I'm feeling a little pressure, but you know, I'm a perfectionist. I love to get things done. I'm a hard worker and I am very confident that a lot of things are going to land the way they're supposed to and whatever doesn't we'll fix next year. So uh, there's a little pressure. There's definitely a, lot, a little pressure going into the weekend, just knowing what we were going to deal with, um, you know, tying in, tying loose ends, things like that. But, you know, I, was blown away by how it kind of turned out and kind of the response. Actually, I was actually just very overwhelmed in a very positive way um, at the end of the day of how it turned out and sort of the reception that I received from all these people that I had never met before. And, and interestingly enough, like throughout the weekend, a lot of it felt like sort of family and familiar with the people that I was meeting just because I mean, I have been flooding their feeds for the last few months with registrations and, and posts and things like that. And and people have been getting glimpses of who I am and things like that. So it kind of felt like I was just meeting old friends um, from a lot of these people that were coming in from out of town. And, and I met a lot of great people and the response was just overwhelmingly positive, um, which was equally just overwhelming to me um, at the end of the weekend. When Once it all wrapped up, once I was able to kick my feet up after we had broken everything down, transferred all the gear back to Lucas's dad's house for storage until next year and all these things like we, you know once I was able to kick up my feet up you know I sat on the couch with my husband and he's like well now how do you feel I said I feel like I'm coming down but I feel like it's it, it was it was good it was all very good um and I was very happy with the sort of the response and the turnout and you know regardless of the pressure leading up to it 
For sure. And I want to touch on something uh, that you mentioned. You said you were, you know, kind of blowing up people's feeds. And I can say that um, from June, it seemed like you posted team names like almost on a daily basis on Instagram. And it just kind of like for one, you I want to say that's great job on that end, because I think it helped build the anticipation for people who either going or just simply watching. And two, I mean, very consistent, I got to say very, very consistent. Some of these team names uh, actually made me laugh hysterically. Um, I want to know, and this is a personal curiosity, just because I'm like, is what what team were you on? So I was on Queer FX, and we came up with that name. The FX actually stands for Foreign Exchange. So, oh. and and a lot of people didn't actually know that. So the reason we were what queer foreign exchanges because we actually had three women from vancouver on our team or from british columbia on our team competing with us so we were actually one of the more international teams because we did have some canadians like field half of our team um so we came up with the queer uh fx name uh the fx standing for uh foreign exchange uh did a google search for that one uh when we we're trying to come up for a team name but uh, that's the team I was on, but ha seeing some of these other names come in from <laughs> these other teams, I equally was laughing hysterically. Um, <laughs> they did not fail. They were, they were, they lived up to my expectation of the queer community and what they, they think of. Mark. And yeah, they did. They they really did. And, and it's funny that you mentioned sort of the advertising since June because all of that was actually intentional. Like it was to build the hype. It was to sort of, you know, get people interested and curious and and hype up those teams that had already signed up and and really get to know who's coming and 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 stuff like that. So the, all of those things uh, were intentional. And uh, from like starting advertising and early signups in early June, wanted to just give um, as much leeway as possible so that timing wasn't a, an excuse sort of, calendars weren't necessarily an excuse because i'm i'm very much a planner if you look at my calendar now i already have things on my calendar for next december of 2024 so like i need to like yeah like it's it's, it's no joke so if i'm that way i'm projecting that to my community so here you go here's your calendar you have a year to plan uh i don't want the date to be an excuse um but yeah so all of that was intentional on these names um going back to these names yeah Hilarious, funny, um, but also another tidbit about the name. So on day two, we do uh, a remix, what we call a remix, mm -hmm. and we assign everybody onto random teams um, and everybody gets to play competitively as well, but with people that they may have never played with before or just eight new brand new people because um, they're all mixed up. And last year I went with drag queen names that kind of just assigned to, you know, so they didn't have to do the group chats and kind of figure out what their names were going to be. And this year I went with the same thing. And a lot of people kept asking me, well, why can't we just choose our own, our own, you know, remix team names or like come up with them? Cause a lot of people wanted to change them. And I told them, I said, I will definitely consider that for the future. But I will, I explained to all of them, I said, the reason I didn't do it now is because I know the way my community thinks. And, and the reality is like, they'd come back with like a eight word team name with some funny punt, which are all funny. Like I, they're all so clever. I always see the most clever things pop up. 
But I'm like, when you're creating this big schedule that's supposed to fit on one page, the five, like the five name teams does not work for that. Um, so yeah, I kind of shot that idea down, but it, you know, in reality, if we did just let our remix teams choose our names, you'd see probably the craziest things come out from, you know, remix team names or whatnot. We may do a different approach next year. I've, I've been sort of persuaded and people have been sort of putting it in my ear to go color coding um, just because there's so many teams and, and you know, there's just a lot to deal with with the remix stuff that that may make it easier for people to kind of connect and stuff. So um, lots of ideas are flowing, but the team names are just, yeah, our, our community never fails to come up with the most clever stuff. I will say that uh, here's some that that uh, drew my attention. Uh, Bulbasaur Bandits. I mean, I'm a Pokemon <laughs> fan. I don't know about you. I still have red and red, yellow, and blue somewhere. In my, yeah. In my um, Book of Eli, one of my yep. favorite movies of all time. Um, Unimusha, one of my favorite. I mean, it's spelled differently, but it's one of my favorite video games uh, series of all time. I don't know if that's a reference to it, but it's just what I was thinking. And um, Make me ink. I'm gonna just leave that one alone. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, whenever you put a queer event together, suffice to say, like the names are gonna pop out at you. <laughs> Safe you know, that And let me give you a little bit of a little bit more. So let me go a step further with names. So knowing, I, you know, this is not my first rodeo with queer events, and I'm gonna give you just a funny story from this weekend. But knowing that this is not my first queer event that I run like the expectation that I'm going to encounter something very queer or something that's very just you won't see it at a USA tournament you won't see it somewhere else like I just go into it with that expectation like I'm going to see something that's just going to blow me away this weekend or just that you wouldn't see somewhere else and I did this weekend so I'm you know I'm with one of the or uh fellow like I had two people host the tournament meeting. They were doing the day-to-day -day stuff while I was actually playing and running back and forth from the score tables and stuff like that. But I had two friends that were holding it down for me and, and were cleaning up at the end of the, of the day. And, and I'm kind of just like fiddling around with stuff and like putting it away. And like we ended up with this like lost and found pile and whatnot. Anyway, without disclosing too much, at one point I'm holding something in my hand and I'm kind of like, what, like, what is this? Like, it's, it, <laughs> it looks like a rubber band. It's not quite a rubber band. It's like a perfect circle size. And my friend looks at me and he's like, uh, I think that's something. I was like, <laughs> it's like, I don't, I was like, I think somebody may have left that behind on accident. Anyway, I'll leave that up to the imagination of what people can think that may have been. Uh, but I immediately was like, that is not surprising. Why? First of all, <laughs> the fact that I'm finding this on one of the tables randomly, I was like, but that is not surprising to me. Um, and I couldn't just stop. I just like started chuckling and laughing because I was like, I'm not surprised. Like, I'm, this isn't surprising to me how funny that this is happening and it's not surprising at all but uh use your imagination on what that device could have been but i did find something that i don't think you see at the usa tournaments on like the score table okay i'm just gonna assume it's a special kind of ring 
yeah you know there's various kinds of wings wedding rings like you can yeah just sure wedding rings yeah purity rings you name it it's probably not a purity ring at a queer tournament but you know they they exist they exist just use your imagination Uh, yeah, we'll just we'll just we'll just say it was a, a wedding ring because um, I can already pick. I already know what it was because uh, I heard I heard that same story, but I'm not going to put them out. Um, but I'm going to share <laughs> well, a funny but story. What I will also say is for anyone that's listening, uh, it's in the Lost and Pound box in my garage. If you want it back, feel free <laughs> feel free to slide into my DMs and let me know that it's yours. <laughs> Issa, yeah. man of the people. Um, I was gonna say, uh, you say that you wouldn't find that at a USA event, but I actually have a funny story to share with you. Um, to, and it is, is gonna be really brief. So in 2018, I went to my first nationals and there's these two teams that playfully always troll each other. Uh, Dynasty, uh, Grand Rapids Dynasty from Michigan and Columbus Gamecocks from um, Ohio. And I'm trying to remember the, I, I don't remember if I don't remember who did it to who, but someone kept passing around micro sized condoms with the other team's logo on it. And it, like I found some in my pocket and I don't know how they, they snuck it into me. But some people found it in their gym bag. Some people found it on their bar. Um, but yeah, you you will see some off the wall stuff at a USA tournament every now and then. All right, all right. I, get that. I get that. I get that. That's cool. <laughs> So, but that's tame compared to what we're both thinking. Um, yeah, I was like, I don't know if mine was a gag. It could, I was like, I don't know if mine was trolling. It could, I mean, it could have been. Somebody could have definitely done it in a trolling sense, but I'm going to lean to not trolling. And not someone trolling. Just, <laughs> I don't know. You know that can be better than I do. I'll say that much. So if, if it's not trolling, we'll just go with it. Yeah. So... Let's talk about day one. You're, you know, obviously you say, hey, wait, hold on. Before we, uh, we go into it, you say you had two people helping you run it. Who, who were those two people? Yeah, so I had two named tournament hosts. One is uh, my friend Matt Barnett and the other one is Mark Tomiski. Um, They were really doing, uh, Matt was running the scores and kind of handling all the loose end stuff. Mark um, was doing all the uh, calculations and score entering and all the stressful, <laughs> the really stressful stuff. Uh, I really uh, can't say enough about the guy. I'm, you know, they're both very good friends of mine and really happy that they were able to help out. Um, both would have been playing actually had they both not gotten injured. So, um, oh. you know, so they, they should have been playing in the tournament, but um, they're both injured. So they stepped into sort of run it and be the face of, you know, the things that need to get done and, and the people that they direct sort of the questions to. So, I essentially introduced them at the beginning of the day, weekend, to let everybody know if they need anything, go to find one or the other guy and ask them and, and you know, I'll sort it out in between any of my games or figure it out. But uh, they essentially had definitive say on any sort of rule clarifications or or whatnot. So they really, you know, went above and beyond to sort of hold it down for me this weekend, including, you know, all the way from like the start of the tournament to uh, checking people in and stuff. They were there for the setup and stuff. So they really came through along with just, you know, several other, <clears throat> several other people that just, you know, went above and beyond uh, just to help me get this off the ground and kind of really take care of the weekend of logistics to keep it doing what it needs to do. 
I mean, for one thing, um, it sucks to hear that they got injured. Um, I hope that those guys are healing up and doing well. Uh, I'm sure they'd rather been playing, but I'm sure they get, you know, major props and kudos for stepping in and helping you essentially take a mental load off your back because you put this together. You had to, you know, help with the venue and everything. And especially with all the, you know, social stuff after. So I'm sure that them stepping in helped you in more in a mental sense. So, you know, kudos. To oh, to oh, totally, totally. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I, I think that's one of the things that I think I need to kind of gauge or, or figure out for logistically. Cause I do know that I, had known that they were not going to be able to play for quite some time. And they stepped in a long time ago to say that they would do this for me. I don't know if they knew what they were getting themselves into. Cause I knew what they were getting that I, I knew what I was getting them into having had done the same exact thing as one person for the last two years for the thing that they host here in Seattle. I've been the tournament host for that tournament the last two years. So I, everything they did, I did the last two years at the same venue. So I'm very familiar with the work I was handing off to them I don't think they were very aware of what I was handing off to them, but you know, they did take a, a big mental load off my mind and stuff. Um, and I'm very confident in both of them. I've known them for quite some, like I said, I've known them for quite some time and they've been very good friends of mine. So I, I didn't at any point stress out that they wouldn't be able to figure out anything, but so they were very helpful in that way. And then we just had other people there that, you know, really just, made the weekend um you know a success and and i don't know if, if we could have done it without them like uh bill fisher who was our camera guy streaming on twitch and he's the dodgeball camera person now and he's got all the equipment and all the setup and he went the night before to set up and then didn't leave he was there the next morning when we got there and you know he had stayed at the gym and put all these hours in and and he, you know, he's he's a perfectionist as well in that regard where he just wants everything to go right. So he was there. He's, you know, he's on the board of Dodgeball Seattle. And he was, I would say, one of you know the main people there making it happen and work and just, you know, providing that extra sort of uh special thing about these events. People love to go home and watch themselves. Like people want to go see the plays, people want to relive the experiences. And the streaming stuff has just elevated the space and, and the way people see dodgeball and share clips and do things. And he's one of the big, I think, people that's making it happen in a really great, positive way and also with the technology to do it. So uh, he was there all weekend, um, you know, from start to finish, just making things move. Um, you know, so a lot of hands went into just, you know, the weekend logistics to just kind of make things move and it's it's been awesome to sort of see it come together in that way yeah um i'm just gonna admit something now but bill has been on my list for a while now to reach out to i may i may reach out to him um for an interview sometime next month like every conversation i've ever had with him top notch so um, you should yeah he's very he's very he's he's a cool guy he's very insightful and like i said i think you know his vision for what he wants to do and where he wants to take this space in terms of visuals and, 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 you know, streaming and, and just making that a really great space uh, for dodgeball and not just for us. Like he's, you know, he's, he, he goes to Nashville, he does all of it. So I think his engagement in the community is very, you know, it's, it's, it's making a big impact. And I, I don't know if a lot of people know how much work he puts into making it work that way. 
Um, but it, it would be very interesting to hear you have a conversation with him and just pick his brain because I could pick his brain all day on his vision <laughs> and, and what he wants to do and how he just wants to make it better and all those things um, because it's all, it all sounds very exciting. For sure. Bill, if you're listening, um, hit me up and we'll set it up next month if you're down because I personally want to share your story if you're comfortable enough to do so. All right. So you said you had some rule changes from the previous year. Um, what were they and why did you feel these changes need to be made? Yeah. So last year, last year, because we were launching for the first year and we really, uh, there was a, a mental catering to sort of our local scene and what that meant for building it up. And some of the changes from last year, uh, include, so last year we incorporated some of our local, our local league rules, um, that don't you don't necessarily see at USA or or or, or WDF. You don't see them at those places. Um, so you know, seven balls versus six balls, and and um, you know, burden rules were all you know all burden had to be given up last year in order for it, the clock to reset. This year, you know, every throw throw was a reset. Um, finger blocks were allowed last year and finger blocks weren't allowed this year. So a lot of people were very getting very in tune with, you know, these new set of rules and you know, uh, with the early feedback, there's a lot of uh, feedback in regard to some of the rules in terms of how we structured eliminations and how we structured the endings of games where, you know, at the end of regulation, we pretty much just said if the game wasn't over, it didn't count. And whatever the score was at the end of that, um, was was that score during round robin and then we had modifications during um elimination where if the round ended and there was a tie it didn't immediately go into no block with whoever was standing on the court it went to a full reset no block meaning both teams have a full advantage to sort of take out the other one if it was still a tie score. And then after the three minute round, if they had not eliminated the entire other team in no block, it would have gone to a full sudden death. So we did have different things. We were playing with different things, kind of toying with different things, but the whole general idea of the role shifts were really to incorporate more alignment into how they play, um, you know, with the World Dodgeball Federation roles and to sort of expose our community to more of those because you don't see sort of those level of roles implemented at a lot of the queer sort of tournaments across the US or within sort of their leagues and stuff. So I wanted to give, you know, people as much exposure as I can to a lot of those roles along with tweaking them to sort of make it more interesting for this particular tournament. But a lot of the rules did align to WDB. I always get the I always get the acronym. Like <laughs> it always comes out of me like alphabet soup and never comes out right. But I think everybody knows what I'm talking about. Um, we always align to the. I try to align as closely to those rules as possible, just to give people the high level exposure to those rule sets and and kind of break them in and just you know making people aware that although it's a fun tournament and there's a lot of social elements and, and things that make this very different than other places, we also still want you to play competitive dodgeball. We still want you to, you know, excel and 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 make the right moves and do what you need to do and feel good about wh whatever it is you do as a player. Like we also want to encourage all that as well. Um, but there are different elements at play here. Um, but that's the primary reason for 
the rule changes. It's just to, you know, enshrine this as a competitive, but also fun dodgeball tournament because of everything else that happens outside of the court. For sure. Um, I love that you're, you're like making it like consistent um, with the competitive scene and making this in, in some way, in, in one way or another, a competitive scene because it is, it is a competitive queer event and it should be treated as such. But I also love the potential, and this is just probably me overthinking it, that someone can be invited from the combine and eventually they'll say that they'll, it was because of one of your squid events that you provided them this new world in a safe space and then they expand into that world as well. Yeah, so maybe yeah. it's just me overthinking it, but I, I can see that potential um, sometime yeah. down the road. I believe, I believe that could be a thing. Like, I honestly could believe that could be a thing. And I think we already have, you know, we already have players that attended this year that I would say are aspirational to sort of in those goals of being invited to the combine and or making the USA teams and stuff like that. I do believe there are some among us that already have those sentiments and feelings. So I do think that's a thing. And I do think that a lot of people, even in this tournament, where it was their first competitive tournament and they're just like, it was like a, a good wake up. I don't know if a good wake up call is a thing, but it was almost like a little culture shock. Like, I I don't know if they got, got exactly what they were expecting, but I think at the end of the weekend, they still felt good about it because one, they got the exposure and they also still just got to play and meet new people and stuff like that. Cause um, there were just a lot of beginner folks. I think both brackets had, a few just brand new to the full competitive scene teams on them. And then they had very experienced teams uh, that, you know, have, have done, you know, some of the, the USA circuit with players that have done the USA circuit stuff and, and, and teams that have competed for a very long time together. So you, you got a very, very wide variation of players um, competing at this tournament. And I do think that it would, it, we do i did see a lot of people that i feel like are aspirational to those things um that are offered at the next level um that aren't are that aren't necessarily in our space but you know this is prepping them to be comfortable anywhere else i think and you'll be credited for being their, their genesis in the journey so to speak <laughs> Sure. maybe maybe but I, I definitely feel like i i i love to think that I'm creating opportunities for people to just know what's out there if they want it. So whether they take that or not, like, um, and then just this also with the safe space that it will be a protected space um, as far as long as I have control over it or for as long as it's a need until I don't need, until it's no longer necessary, then, you know, I will always advocate for the space, but you know, um, that's the goal and that's the idea. For sure. Um, so let's talk about any personal um, day one highlights. I mean, we could sit here and talk about cool plays or whatever, but I want to know what was a personal highlight for you that you noticed that stood out to you? And it could just be one or two things, whether of my own. Are we talking own personal gameplay or? <laughs> oh, okay. Or, or I'll, give, about... I'll give you the platform to talk about gameplay, but I mean more so like how do I how do I explain this like? What was a highlight that it could be either someone's feedback or someone's, you know, you know, comment towards you as far as how great this event was or whatever. Yeah. Is there any like 
any standouts? And then we could talk about how awesome you are on the court. Yeah, no, we don't. We don't have to talk about that. The video's <laughs> out there. The video's out there. You can go. You can go watch it on your own. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, no. So I think I think people were very excited to sort of just see this all come together, see who was showing up, and seeing how the games kind of played out. I don't think there were many instances where you had like team i mean don't get me wrong you go on you go online right now you look up some of these clips and you're just like wow that was murder and like there was a you know 1v6 where somebody was just like blasting people away like those things are happening yes they're happening but not as frequently or whatnot but um i think everybody was pleasantly just surprised to see the number of people see uh how the day kind of just went um and and i don't think there was blowouts like i don't think there was many blowouts that happened um and people really picked up you know the flow of the day pretty quickly so you know for day one i think teams came to do what they did i do feel like again on the day one was more of the culture shock day for some of these teams that may have not had any exposure to any sort of competitive dodgeball and now they were thrown into a fully competitive scene um but i think for the people that have had exposure and the people that were prepared for this they got exactly i guess what they were wanting and looking for in terms of a competitive environment very structured very organized um, I got a lot of compliments that it was going extremely smoothly and, and people were just kind of happy on, on the flow of things. Um, so I think that was a huge win for day one um, in terms of tournament play and then just seeing sort of the after event come to life. Um, you know, we barely had enough space to fit people in the space that was allocated for us at the bar. So the bleed over to the other areas of this huge venue um so it was great to see people really come out and show out and and do that kind of stuff and just um yeah everyone was all smiles and 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 happy like i don't i don't think i saw many like temper tantrums i don't think i saw a lot of anger like i like i've seen it other places i've seen it in other avenues i don't think i saw any of that on day one um hmm. Yeah, it was very, it was very, I think a lot of people were saying, oh, they were enjoying the vibe of the gym. So um, that's what I heard a lot that day. And and it kind of just flowed through the weekend. That's, that's awesome, man. But let, let, I want to touch on something you said. You you said you had, you went to um, a spot for Saturday and then you guys overflowed from the allocated space. I want you to break down, how did that mentally make you, made you feel? Because you plan this essentially a year in advance. You're the most, one of the most detailed people I know, and I don't know you too personal, but I can say that about you comfortably. How does that feel to have that kind of turnout in your it was, city? It was cool. It was cool. It was, I don't, I don't, I took, I took a few photos of, of, you know, the crowded room. It was cool. You know, I, uh, my, one of my friend, Jake, if you're listening, thank you. But he was the one that set it up with, for us. It's um, the place is called Ryan Haas, and we the relationship we have with that bar is that um, our Monday night competitive league usually goes there after for drinks after. So um, one of the I was conscious about where we were sending people because the first night was actually a gay bar. It was a, a, a queer bar. Saturday night it wasn't necessarily a queer bar, but it's queer owned. So. 
it was so I was like oh, so there was literally a theme throughout the whole weekend that I was shooting for Sunday's closing event was also a queer bar so like all of this was intention everything was everything I do is intentional so um it was another intentional sort of gathering so he arranged sort of the venue and the space and what I encouraged him to do is you know hey uh, with the the way the relationships with the venues this year was, was, I was simply just asking for space. I wasn't asking for a lot of trade-offs like, oh, because I didn't know what I'd be able to provide. But I was anticipating like, hey, if I can show them this year that I can bring in revenue and big numbers of people, this may enhance our relationships down the line when I come back and ask for t-shirt sponsorships or just other things. Like it's, it's building a relationship with these 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 businesses that also serve our community. So, you know, I, I wanna be mindful of those things. So I asked them to book the space. I said, hey, I said, see if you can swing, uh, you know, a, a place for a hundred people. I was like, there may be more, but I don't, at the time that we were booking it, it was about at a hundred or just under a hundred. So I was like, please see if they'll give it to us for free or just allocate some space for us. Um, and then when we walked in, it was, it was, it was a little stressful actually, because I had somebody that had arrived earlier before our start time and they had mentioned, oh, you know, uh, the person checking in doesn't know what I'm talking about. And I'm like, oh, I started freaking out. I was like, I'm about to send all these people over to this bar restaurant and there's no dedicated space. And, and they had mentioned that, you know, anyone that's coming at this time, cause it's a Bavarian bar, which is also uh, known for its Oktoberfest celebrations, which is the middle, like it's happening now. We're in the middle of Oktoberfest. So obviously it's busy. <laughs> and they were told that, you know, anybody that's coming in is basically like a walk-in kind of situation. Anyway, I start texting my friend Jake, like, hey, what's going on? Like, hey, I, I thought you confirmed. Like, are you sure? And he starts sending me all the receipts. And luckily I get there and I was like, oh, thanks for sending the receipts. I was like, I'm prepared to ask for the manager if I need to. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I show up and and luckily the bartenders were already ready in the area where they normally allocate for like the dodgeball end of season sort of gathering. And it's actually a pretty wide open space. And, and I immediately, you know, stop stressing because I was stressing there for a second. I was like, wait a minute, what's going to happen? And I even told Jake, I said, you know, I was prepared to blast you on, jokingly, obviously, I was prepared to blast you on Facebook and blaming you everything for not for it not working out, by the way. It did, but uh, it was it was so cool to see. It honestly was so cool to see the entire space filled all the way to like the hallway area and just it, flowing with dodgeball people, flowing with people that were there for the event. And and I, I, I will tell you that throughout this weekend, I had so many just self-reflecting proud moments where I'm just like, oh, I, I, I'm happy. This is making me happy. I, I don't think, you know, I anytime I can create spaces like this or, or things like this that where I can just see smiles all day, like I'm happy and th those things make me happy. So um, I felt very proud. Like there was a lot of moments where I just like had a, oh shit, like, excuse me. Oh, you know, oh. Yeah, we oh. go, we got the green light. We can go ahead. Yeah, I was like, oh yeah. So I was like, oh, I'm like, I'm proud. Like I'm I'm proud that it turned out this way. I'm proud that, uh, you know, this is, this came together and, and the things are landing in the way that they were meant to. Nice. I want to talk about, before we talk about all those self-realizations that you had, which we'll save towards the end. I want to talk about, my personal favorite part of the tournament, the remix. 
So you have all these players who start off as teams in day one. Now you're reshuffling the deck, so to speak, for day two. Were there any changes you made to the remix this year that was different from last year? No. So changes this year that were different from last year were... So one of the things that I did this year was I intentionally went in... So everything was random with a few exceptions of tweaks I had to make simply because I either later caught the air or later was, you know, things like that. But for the most part, it was all meant to be random, which it really was. And the way this was structured this year is I took all of our uh, women identifying folks and I allocated them to teams first, meaning I basically went like one, two, three, four, five down the line. Um, Cause I didn't want all men teams on any of the teams. I just wanted to make sure there was a balance. So I shuffled it that way. And then what I went is I, by roster, I simply started divvying up the teams out one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, because you have 20 teams. So there's, you can go on forever and keep looping it around until everybody has about equal a number of players. And the idea was that no one was ever really supposed to, and there may have been one instance of this, but no one was really supposed to play with someone they played with the day before. That was the idea. You're meeting seven or eight brand new people. You're learning a lot of different things about this. And one of it is just like overcoming that idea of what dodgeball is meant to be when you're with a team of your own and your own friends and how to get thrown into another element with a bunch of brand new random people. And there's two objectives here. And it's really to one, build community, meaning you're learning something new about yourself, which I also do in all of these situations as well constantly regrounding myself and like hey th these are all seeing different people and different elements of how they play what their approach is you know all these things it it's a beautiful learning experience but it's also a great way to meet new people so when we're talking about building a community a lot of times you'll see teams at tournaments kind of show up and you'll have the one or two very social butterflies but most of the time your team's hanging out with your team all the time like you, there, there is crossover but not as much opportunity for crossover unless you're very engaged or willing to go out there and get it but this this sort of remix you know forces you out of your comfort zone to meet people and play with people you probably wouldn't do on a normal basis mostly because you don't live near each other or you live in a different city or something else like that so um, so that's what the remix was this year. It looked different, obviously, than last year, because last year we were only working with eight teams, and this year we were working with um, 20 teams. So it looked a lot different than it did last year, because last year there was a lot more people, I guess, teams with, like, maybe two or three people that were on the same team the day before. So it wasn't as remixed. But this year it was very noticeable. And what also just was surprisingly beautiful was there was no – blowout like the teams were playing pretty evenly there was no team that seemed overly stacked there was nothing like that that ended up happening and people loved it like like uh i've already getting feedback from the survey sent out just a few hours ago and one of the big things that people are calling out and there's posts online about this that people are individually even posting about on their own social medias talking about the remix itself. They're like, you know, I never thought I'd have so much fun doing something like this, but it turned out to be like the best part of the tournament for them. Like they got to meet new friends and they got to, you know, play with different people and they got were pushed out of their comfort zone. So the remix was just really just an awesome thing to do this year again. And I think it's something that's just going to stick uh, forever because when I introduced the remix again this year and sort of gave the the speech in front of everybody before the day started, 
I really told them, I said, this is what we do here in Seattle. So most of our leagues, all of our, if not all, I guess they just had a BYOT league for the first time in a long time this last season. But most of our leagues are uh, draft teams, meaning you're always with seven or eight new people, depending on what, you know, if it's a comp, you're with six new people. But like, you know, you're always with new people. You're always learning different play styles. You're always kind of challenging yourself to grow. But it's a great inclusive tool to kind of get people in the community and not have them be afraid of not fitting in or having teams because you're always going to be mixed up. Um, whereas most of the teams and most organizations that are queer across the U.S., they do the bring your own team formula. That's all they do. That you know, and that's great. It works out for them. But you know, for us or for what I've seen, I've been organizing our local Rainbow League for over four years now, and I've seen sort of the life changing impacts that this sort of scramble slash draft style does for people who don't necessarily have seven friends that they know don't even know seven people to go form a team with. So, you know, here they are coming into the community and, 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 you know, getting introduced to new people and suddenly they're making lifelong friends and, and I've seen it change lives and, and what I really wanted to do with the remix and why it was introduced last year. And it will probably always be a formula of squid is it emulates what we do in Seattle. And it's one of the reasons I fell in love with dodgeball. So I just want to show it to other people. And it seems like it's catching because like I said, I'm seeing people are tagging me in posts. They're like, hey, the remix was so much fun. And the survey feedback, I'm seeing it here written. Like the remix was the best part of the weekend. So it's working. Like something about it works and something about it uh, people are responding to. And I think more people should try it. <laughs> I will say this, um, kind of blowing up on my social media. I've seen more picks of remix teams than day one teams, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, that's just on my I've feed. seen this too. <laughs> that's just, like, like, that's just on my feed. So, um, whatever you're doing out there in Seattle, and I know I made a comment about, you know, you guys never see the sun, but there is something bright that you guys bring with the, what you call scramble remix uh, format. So, uh, even though you guys don't see the sun, you do have a no, bright no, environment. We, I will say no, that. We, we don't. <laughs> you, got, you guys do have a bright environment, and that is catching on. Um, I wanted to ask, I know you guys have a, a, play, uh, like a relationship with players from Canada, maybe some people from uh, Oregon. Uh, were there any um, new places that people were traveling from that people didn't come from before whether it was another state or another oh yeah state. To oh totally oh from all over oh from all over so last year so last year our primary makeup for the tournament was pacific northwest so we had a lot of seattle of course and then portland has a, a huge scene i don't go on to portland's pdx dodgeball page and see their photo of the weekend they had like something like 45 players come something ridiculous they have a huge scene of dodgeball there oh I think it kind of rivals ours a little bit. Ours is still probably bigger because we're a slightly bigger city, but um, you know, they have a big obsessive dodgeball scene just like we do. But so last year was a lot of Portland. It was a lot of um, Seattle. We had some Vancouver folks from last year as well. And then we had like a hybrid team from like, they came from Toronto, I think one's from Vancouver, one was from LA. So it was like a hybrid mixed team. But that was basically the makeup of last year's like eight team, like from where they came from. And then this year, we they came from everywhere. So we had them from Vancouver, Portland, LA, San Diego. 
Phoenix, uh, Denver. Oh, we had Denver people last year as well, too. I forgot about them. Yeah, we had Denver people last year, too. So we had Denver, Philly, um, Chicago. I mean, they were coming. I, I want to, I feel like we've touched on a lot more areas of the US. And that's why I, I do uh, Austin, uh, Dallas, I mean, San Francisco, like they were, they were coming from everywhere. And I do think that that is going to be to benefit and the growth of this, this sort of tournament is that these people are all going to go back to their home and they're going to talk about hopefully, hopefully, I mean, this is the hope they go back, they talk about it. I mean, from what I've seen on their social media posts, which they're tagging the Squid Open and I'm reposting, like people had a good time. So their friends will see it. We'll get in touch with more of the East Coast cities and stuff like that. So it, it only gets bigger from here, but now it's kind of how do we figure out the growth part of it or what does that look like? Um, because going back to the feedback stuff, like I said, I'm already getting feedback, but one of the big um, one of the big things that people are are commenting about or providing feedback is, you know, the venue is a little bit further away than they'd like. Sadly, the reality is in a city like this, there's just there's not access to a lot of venues to hold uh, events of this capacity yet. So the trade off is we could probably put a lot of people in a very small gym and then run games for 12 hours where you're probably having an hour to an hour 15 minute break to accommodate as many teams to fit people on my location kind of thing like that may be a possibility if the location is that much of a deal breaker but um the reality is any venue that's accessible for an event like this is not going to be in the city center or close to the city so i mean even you know i feel like even since city where they have the gym at the rec center like that's not centralized to where the hotel is and stuff like that so anywhere you go you're you're traveling a little bit to get to a facility that will accommodate something like this um and the beautiful thing about the one we booked this year over last year is it, it, it's a state-of-the-art facility it's awesome like it has projectors all over in fact aside from bill streaming on our court one because that's where our court was set up for full streaming every court had cameras that you could tap into so you could actually see on all six courts, if you wanted to at any given point in the day, people playing or, you know, following the schedule along to see who, who's playing on the courts uh, and tracking those games. So there's a lot of beautiful benefits of the facility they went into. But uh, like I said, uh, going back to the sort of like the feedback aspect of it and just uh, the change, um, you know, one of the things we're hearing is, is you know, it was a little bit too farther than they anticipated, but that's just one either we can't fix or you're sacrificing a lot to have it in city center where you can't really even accommodate it, it'd go down to like a 12 team tournament even if that um you know we were very familiar with the venues out here and there's just not any really for the capacity for something like this that's the unfortunate uh trade-off but the fact that you were at a state of a state-of-the-art uh, arena i mean that I think I think people will come back for it next year. I don't think it'll be it might be a minor inconvenience, but as the calendar builds up and it gets close to that event, I, I don't think you're gonna have too many people drop out because of it. Oh yeah, well, and you know what? For, according to the feedback, right now, so the first question in the survey is, are you likely to return to Squid for 2024? No one has said no, and I mean they still mentioned the. And no one has said no, and they still mentioned the you know the the venue as you know the feedback sort of like 
thing for them. Uh, but it, it doesn't sound like it's a deal breaker for anyone. I think, I, you know, as people get acclimated to the competitive setting and sort of really seeing what facilities are out there and what they kind of offer, this is actually, I want to say, um, one of the more prime ones that I've even seen. So um, hopefully that, you know, that sort of negativity or not even negativity, just like, you know, that feeling for just it being so far is something that, you know, just will go away with the realization that, you know, hey, there's only so much you can actually do about venues um, and and what venues we have access to. For sure. Um, before before I, uh, I, I got one question. I know Steve has a question. Um, okay, so... Um, Let's talk about earlier, you had mentioned that you had a lot of little moments where you had a lot of little realizations. Um, do you want to summarize each of them um, as far as how the weekend went for you and how you feel after the fact? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think the first one came after sort of the check-in portion of it because again, I didn't really know how many people would actually check into that first check, come into the check-in portion of it. And at the check-in, you were able to sort of sign the waiver, pick up your sticker, like, you know, the things that we were giving out and stuff. Um, so I think the first realization came after night one, where one, I saw all the things finally laid out of the things that I sort of produced and kind of thought about for a long time. And this big, you know, poster that I ordered as a backdrop like I you know seeing it built for the first time because I had been sitting in my garage since I ordered it like all come together in a table and then just knowing that at the end of that we counted how many people actually came to check in and and there had been uh, 94 people that had come in through the night to come check in um you know it was exciting like I was like oh this is this is huge this is a big deal people are here and 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 seeing the happy faces so I feel like that was like my first moment of sort of satisfaction. We're like, okay, hit the first, that was the first event, hit it on the head, hit the nail on the head. Like, yes. Okay. It worked. People will do this. They like it. It's, they're here. Great. They showed up. Like they're all here. People are excited about this. And then I think the second realization really came after I finished giving the first morning announcements on Saturday. So I called everybody to the court too. And I like, I don't know if people, know that like my mind is always running a thousand miles per minute i'm constantly evaluating and analyzing things in my head i'm a data analyst as uh, like that's my job so like my mind is an analytical mind and i'm constantly processing information so as i'm giving this speech on like welcoming people and, and introducing our tournament hosts and thanking people and doing all these things and looking around this room and just seeing all these like bright and excited faces and like just staring at me and also realizing that I had put in a lot of work to getting this done and it, it was finally here like this moment this 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 moment was finally here and it was happening and it, it's bringing all the elements of of the community I love both in like the queer community and the way I identify to like dodgeball community that has really been life-changing for me and all just coming together at once. And here I am standing, giving this welcome speech to get the date, kick off the day. And, and in my head, I'm literally processing this revelation, like this feeling. And I don't think people really knew that I was feeling this internally while I'm talking, because obviously they're hearing the stuff coming out of my mouth, but I was just like, 
like it was a, a sigh of relief but also just like this just very warm like feeling of just accomplishment and feeling proud that this has finally come to life and 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 I was very excited for it and then I think the last I mean I had a lot of like moments like that where I would just look around like I said at the bar I looked around and it was just oh my god on night two all these people are here and and they're mingling and people are across chatting and there's introductions happening and people are meeting me and all these things and and I just get super excited and I see all you know my local friends and 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 them and like it's all just very exciting to me and then there's these other moments where I'm walking down sort of the hallways of of the venue and I'm watching the play and I'm watching people make moves and I'm watching teams just, you know, play dodgeball very smart. And I also feel this, and I know my friends laugh at this sometimes because I, I I call some of my friends my babies and I, I very much mean it as not that I'm better than them. I don't mean any of that. I oh it almost certainly is just it's it's a, a term of endearment where um, you know, having been organizing for as long as I have and sort of seeing the transition some of these players have made and, and grown into and the way they are competing and their hunger to be a part of the community and all these things and feeling sort of just a smidge of just responsibility for the, for some of my friends and people, meaning, you know, I did a little part to sort of build the community like or help or like I'm investing time. Like I feel, I felt this like, proud moment for them and just what they were doing and like you know oh like they're showing up and showing out and and doing a good job and representing the community and and part of it you know i i'd love to think that a little bit had to do with some of the work i put in, not only into this event but into these other leagues that i i funnel a lot of time and resources and resources into so there was that moment and then there was like the closing moment where it all ended we crowned the winners it was a thank you and, and good night kind of message. And I, you know, the breakdown started happening and it was almost like coming down from, you know, just, this, I don't know, a high of like uh, life, <laughs> high of life, like, uh, so like almost coming down from that kind of moment where everything landed as best as I possibly could make it with the resources that I had with the people that helped out because it couldn't have ha happened without them. And just like, I didn't at any point through the weekend hear anything that I thought like, sure, there was feedback, but nothing that I, I thought was deal breaking, nothing that I thought were like people were walking away, hating this experience and wishing they had never done it. Like it was mostly a, we had a great weekend. Sure. There could be role adjustment. Sure. There can be a little tweaks here and there, but for the most part, everything landed in the way it was intended to and people really responded to. So I think that was like the final sort of, feeling that I had throughout the event until I sat down with my husband and he's just like, you look a little tired. It's like, I am, I was like, I am a little tired. I was like, I, I'm really exhausted. Uh, and he asked me how I feel. And normally I'm not the talk about the feelings kind of person, but I told him, I was like, I feel actually great. Like I, you know, I'm, I'm tired. I'm sore everywhere. Everything hurts. But I said, I feel very proud. And, and I feel like it's going to take some time to sort of deconstruct in my head what this, ultimately meant to me at the end of the day um all great things of course just you know it, it it's it was such a profound feeling to feel all these things at once and just uh yeah experience all of this it was exciting for me and I hope a lot of people felt uh a lot of just different 
aspects of joy and things throughout the weekend. So um, that was my hope. And I, I think it's sort of translating in that way, but we'll see if I get any like mean responses in the survey comments. <laughs> so it's like, I'll let you, I'll, I'll ping you directly. Be like, Hey, I finally got one. That's we just had the worst experience ever. And oh, maybe God. it wasn't great for all, but we definitely tried to make as many people as happy as possible. I mean, I'm, I wasn't there, but I'm pretty sure you, you hit the head. <laughs> you hit the nail on every head there as far as excitement and positive feedback. Um, if you get one outlier, okay. I mean, whatever. Yeah. Uh, it but, happens. <laughs> but uh, I, I will, I will, I will ask uh, something else. So you have Sin City in January. You have the Mile High Shootout somewhere in spring. You have Stonewall you have the gay games that are going to happen in Mexico. How does it feel now that squid in its second year, it has a, I mean, more than has a potential is a part of the queer dodgeball calendar, so to speak. I am actually really excited about that. Actually, I just, you kind of bringing that question up kind of, kind of gave me goosebumps. Um, talking <laughs> about because I, and I don't know why it really excited me uh, to have that sort of conversation only because some of the, feedback and some of the people that reached out directly referenced some of those tournaments and some of those experiences and really just express how excited they are about this now being an existence and rotation and, and the things that are accessible to them and how it really just looks a little bit different than than those tournaments, which I plan to attend to. I plan, I'll be at Sin City. I'll be at my high. I was already talking... <laughs> Brian Troutner, who is one of the guys that runs Mile High, I, I went for the first time this last April. Whenever they had it, I had a blast. It was so it was so fun. They're dodgeball after dark. If you've never experienced it before, definitely go do it. It was the coolest thing ever. And all my guys, we left there like, well, how do we do our own dodgeball after dark? Like, how did where who would let us do this? And I was just like, I don't like I I don't know if we have the venue capability for that, but. Let's look into it anyway, but you know, so I'll be at those, I'll actually be at gay games as well. So I'll be competing in Guadalajara a month from now um, and met a few people this weekend that will also be there as well. So uh, I'm, I'm happy that it's now in the rotation. I'm happy that people are talking about it in the same sort of regard and light um, in, in terms of excitement and just like, you know, they've experienced this for the first time and, and there's, just a lot of eagerness to experience it again and, and it is unique in, in in what it's trying to do and looks a little bit different as they all do they all have their own little things that they add to it that makes it a different sort of experience and ultimately if i could create another experience to add on to what exists out there and and just enhance the space and whatever i can then i'm gonna you know help produce it for as long as i possibly can you know, maybe not always as the tournament director. And I certainly have decided that next year there will be a lot more delegating, <laughs> a lot more delegating of some of these things. And what I've told people, because again, people know, people that are very close to me now, I'm a perfectionist, know that I like to, uh, you know, I'm an extreme perfectionist. But one of the things that I always tell people, especially with things like this, is before I ask of, uh, my friends or the people that I'm close to or love or whatnot to commit to something or to execute something or even do something for me. I want to know one that I can do it myself and two, um, you know, there's this comfort level of just, you know, 
it, it actually really just goes back to being able to know that I can do it myself, what it takes and what it is that I'm asking for. Um, I like to be mindful of those things. I like to be mindful of other people's times. So now that I know sort of what's all involved, um, there will be a lot more delegating next year, but uh, I know people are eager to step in and help and, 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 you know, they equally had a great time. So there's a lot of people that want to see it successful and continue on. So I'm excited about that as well. Yeah. It's funny when you said that, when you heard the question, you had goosebumps. Um, I had gotten goosebumps too, but for a different reason entirely. Uh, partly I didn't want to leave out an event. Um, I feel like I named them all. I don't know if there was any event I missed. If there was, I apologize. It was not my intent. I just named all the ones that I knew or that can pop up in my head. <laughs> I mean, those are the ones. I'm, those are the ones I'm familiar with too. I mean, those are the ones I'm familiar with too. I haven't, you know, been to Stonewall yet um, because it's usually in the middle of summer, which is, which is, like I said, tough to sort of cross-country travel and the other part of that too is uh in the summer i rarely leave seattle like if there's no <laughs> mostly because we don't see the sun in this july like july and august are the only time we actually ever see the sun so if i'm miserable here for 10 months of the year then i'm gonna be here for the two months that i know are just glorious <laughs> in the pacific northwest uh so that makes it difficult but you know i, I i've been to the other ones and and again, I'll be at them this this upcoming year and, and, and I'm excited for, for all of it and to see a lot of the people that I met this weekend and and to compete with some friends and make new friends and all those things. So um, but to be talked to uh, talked about in sort of that sort of element and sort of that same consideration because people, you know, did specifically reach out like oh you know it's giving sin city vibes or like hey we're excited to have you know another tournament to attend to or you know this suddenly became my favorite tournament to go to and like so you know there's all these things that i was hearing and i'm just like oh that's cool like that's exciting and and i'm still sitting here encouraging everyone to go everywhere else i'm like don't just limit yourself to this limit, <laughs> go experience everything you possibly can because i will do as much as i possibly can to experience other ones as well and and any space that I can build and 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 help elevate, I'm going to be there. Like that's 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 the kind of person I am. That's what I want for my community. And any more access and opportunities is better for me and for all my community as well. For sure. Um, and for anyone who loves the podcast and listens to it on a weekly basis, if you see E at any of these events, you know, buy this man a beer. He does a lot of good jobs, uh, a lot of good work for his community, and he's a perfectionist. So he will work harder every year to make your experience at the Squid memorable. Um, but I also can't help but think with what you, with everything you're saying, and this is going to sound very dorky of me, um, for some reason, Disney's Aladdin's a whole new world just popped up like you just want to show everyone a whole new world um <laughs> it's one of my favorite karaoke songs I can see it oh. in a really good key but we won't go there tonight and I'm not singing for you but I really I really I, I really really like it's so true to really just want to expose people like I, I, I always go back to this especially when I'm talking about dodgeball because people like there's always like a mental chuckle when people are like I'm explaining and geeking out about dodgeball and the dodgeball community and people are just like huh like dodgeball like third grade dodgeball and like yes third grade dodgeball like that's what I'm referring to it, it doesn't look that way anymore 
But like, I always have this internal chuckle, like, haha, but it really is still dog, like it's still dodgeball at the end of the day in my head. And, but what I'm always trying to get across is like, if I can only give people an ounce of what I've experienced and the positivity and the profound changes and impact that this sport and this community has really had on my life, then I won. Like I, that, that's what means the most to me. I, I probably can't for many 20 years produce events like this and those things. But if I did it for a few and knowing that I've seen the changes, I've seen people like come in and, and really just come out of their shells and, and, and all of these things because of things that I've tried to produce and help with and, and, and these spaces that I've provided, then I won. Like I won as an organizer, I won as a leader and I, I, you know, I feel fulfilled in knowing that I've helped somebody else out or, you know, even if it was just a smidge of influence, but that's what really gets me going. But a whole new world is very much <laughs> what I feel like, oh, I'm just trying to show you like this exciting new thing and hopefully you love it and hopefully you love it or feel a little bit of what I felt uh, in getting here. But uh, yeah. <laughs> you say that's your favorite karaoke song. Um, how about if uh, next time I, I go over there, I get you a pack of Rainier. Uh, that's one of my favorite beers out there, uh, Rainier. And uh, we'll hit up a karaoke bar and we'll and we'll hear your rendition. Uh, deal. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, oh, okay, it may not have to be Rainier, but it's got to be something. <laughs> um, so Steve asked, do you feel that this year's Squid accomplished the mission of it being a solid queer event? And do you feel that there needs to be more throughout the year? Um, for the future yes and more than uh, one squid per year yeah uh so yes so actually a lot of uh again i've already gotten like now 34 responses to that survey uh since it <laughs> launched like three hours ago but in there there's like i wish this was more than once a year and i wish you know this was more of a frequent event and things like that I think it accomplished what it meant to accomplish as a queer event. Um, and I, I, yeah, I, I think it did exactly what it needed to do. Like I said, when people start talking about it in the same regard as, as things like Mile High and Sin City, which people associate to queer tournaments and stuff like that, I think it's doing what it's meant to do. Um, and also being able to call out the nuances about this specific tournament means that whatever it is I'm doing slightly different here is people are responding to as well. So people like the uniqueness of it. And um, like I said, the, the, the energy in the gym overall throughout the weekend, and I heard it from the mouths of many people, like the vibe was just on, like it was, it was nice. Some of these comments are reading like at no point did I see any team really get overly angry and, and, and things like that at all. And that was awesome. And I didn't see any arguing or hear about any arguing or aggressive play. This is the most fun I've ever had at any tournament. Like, I, so I'm hearing a lot of this stuff and just, uh, I think it provided that space where in the previous, in the last talk that I had with Steve, I was talking about this vibe and I talked about it quite a bit on that chat with him I said hey I'm going for a vibe here like there's a, a specific vibe you get here when you bring the queer community together and this year of course it was one open to our women allies who were just awesome we I played against um I was in the what would look like a traditional co-ed division 
um, against an all women's team. And they were all made up of travel traveling USA women dodgeball players who, who, who play in the circuits and play consistently. And they were killers. Like they were just, but they were just so much fun, like to play with. And just like, you know, even though they were competitively like killing teams, cause they were so great. Like, the attitudes were great. They're like, their vibes and smiles were there. And like, there was, so, you know, going back to the vibe and, and, and trying to establish that and what that meant and felt like, and trying to describe that over the last podcast. I was like, that's, again, I still couldn't describe exactly what that is in full words, but we landed there. Like that's what landed. And, and that's what it looks like when you bring the queer community together and you build them up and, and you emphasize that you can be a great athlete and you can perform and you can excel, but you can also have a great attitude and you can also just have fun and you can also let loose and be friendly and do all those things without, you know, fear of backlash or anything else like that. So, you know, the va- the vibe landed, the queer sort of takeaway landed. Um, one of the, the questions in the survey as well is, is asking, you know, how do you feel about this being a, a queer and women ally tournament only and and there's three options and it's yes i love it we need more queer spaces one's like i'm indifferent and one's like you know i prefer it to be open to other people and the overwhelming response is yes we love the queer like we love that it's a queer space and 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 some of the comments read like it looks different like it just feels different there's something that feels different here when you do this and and it's that feeling that I'm going for. That's the exact feeling that I'm going for and what I want people to walk away from. Um, so back to Steve's question. Yes, I I feel like, like I landed that and I hope that that was a takeaway for a lot of people and that when they reflect on this weekend, aside from the, the shots at the bar, or the, you know, the after parties at the club or, you know, the gameplay that we have, like reflect on that experience and, and, and what that looks like and, and not to go compare it to anything else or that you absolutely need to do that. But there is a feeling here that happens that I don't think you get in other places unless you provide these sort of protected spaces where these things can happen and flourish. So, uh, yes, we landed exactly what we needed to. And I only hope it gets bigger and better. And I hope more people come next year and get exposed to this environment and kind of get a feel for what it's like and and really get to see see it firsthand because um yeah i'm I'm in all of it (laughs) so uh overall mission accomplished yes i would definitely say so (laughs) for sure uh yeah he 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 sent me the question in audio form so i hope i got full representation of it because i'm better at reading it out versus hearing it out if that makes sense um so to wrap this up this is your opportunity to thank the people who helped you thank the people who you know helped you with either the venue setup breakdown people at the bar allies who may have stepped in and realized it may not have been our space but wanted to help you succeed in the in the in the end game let's yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I've shouted a, a few of them out, you know, again, going back to Matt and Mark, who were my tournament hosts this weekend, who really ran the show there. Bill, who was, like I said, Bill, I, I can't shout out Bill enough just because he really <laughs> did do something so amazing here. Um, again, I, I told him I, I went back and watched the videos just yesterday and and the feed was just awesome and the vid, like the focus was just great and the camera angles were just on it. So, you know, Bill is great ally and, and he understands the space and he's actually always just excited to help out. 
um, and has been, you know, from the launch of Squid last year too. Uh, Missy, who who is also, you know, on the Dodgeball Seattle board, along with Bill, who, you know, took the time to print out all our scorecards and organize those things and show up to produce those and did the same thing for us last year. And, and this year ended up playing, you know, as a women ally and stuff, which was really great to see her just kind of shine and let loose. And then, you know, we had set of crews, uh, you know, Vincent, who's also on the Dodgeball Seattle board, as you can see a trend here happening, uh, who, you know, went out of his way to pick up the U-Haul to transfer our stuff to, you know, drop it off on, on Friday evening to set up while, you know, we, um, while I was manning, you know, the welcome, you know, event happening. So there's a lot of things to be had for a lot of people that I don't know if I can totally account for all of them because there's a lot of little things that happen um, that go, you know, may not be visible to a lot of people, but I was sending people, you know, documents to edit and read over. Can you read this email over for me? Or having conversations with one of my fellow organizers, uh, you know, Sadie, who was also a player and and also went out to Linwood to help set up on the Friday night before and and who I really lean on for a lot of perspective in dodgeball as well because she brings the women's perspective that I don't have so you know I would tap into her a lot about considerations and what she thinks as a competitive athlete so there's a lot of people that really just you know behind the scenes um really just helped out with those kinds of things and I don't think you know, I could have done a lot of it without them or without reassurance from them that either I was doing the right thing or, you know, my friends are actually really good at calling me out when I'm not doing the right thing. So, <laughs> so it's good <laughs> to have good friends that are there to also shit talk you. But <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, lots of help around. Um, and, and I think if I, I didn't name you, uh, but you know who you are, uh, you know, there was definitely a lot of help that happened this weekend um, that I could not have done this event without. There's one person you forgot to shout out, but I'll do it for oh. you. You. Oh, me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, I, you, what you've created here. Um, and I could say this as a player, as a host, as a friend, any title you want to give me. I mean, we played together, I've, you know, and I enjoy that experience and we joke about it a lot, but I commend you for your work and how much it's improved in the past year. Uh, I commend you for the growth that your event has and whether this will be an annual or a biannual event, as some people would like for it to be. The fact that it's a part of the queer dodgeball calendar and as a part of the dodgeball calendar as a whole is your brainchild. And that should, some, that should be something I'm going to shout out to you. You'll I know you won't say this about yourself and I'll, and I'll be the biggest, you know, shit talker on your behalf. You're, you're doing a <laughs> great thing and I don't mind sticking my neck out and saying the squid should be a marquee event for everyone, for queers to go in there and have their own safe space and compete at a level and not have to worry about attitudes that they may have in other tournaments. But again, you're, you're doing great things out there, man. And, I'll continue to help do the recaps for it or precaps for it um, for years to come. And I wish you nothing but more success, man. Congratulations. And um, dare I say next year, you're going to have some internationals fly right through. Oh, that, that's the goal. I feel like it's getting there, <laughs> but thank you. I really appreciate it. So uh, I'll, I'll, I know you won't say too much about yourself, so I'll say it for you just because 
I'm more, I'm, I'm not, I'm the bragging type, not the humble bragging type. <laughs> <That's so funny. laughs>